Hey, everybody. Hello, hello. Hey. Thank you for tuning in to Love Us As We Are. I'm Miracle Johnson. I'm Kenya Chanel. And I'm on Pumpkin. And today's topic is domestic violence. But um, guys, before we get started, we want you all to check us out on our social media sites, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, also, if you have any questions or concerns or would like us to discuss any topics, please email us. Email us at loveusaswear at gmail.com. And also, let me go ahead and put this small disclosure. Um, we have a lot going on today in the studio. We have Comcast here, and um, we didn't have any babysitters, so you may hear a couple of new voices on the podcast, but just, you know, love us as we are. Mm-hmm. But again, um, we're going to go ahead and get right into it. Today, we're talking about um, domestic violence, you know, um, and this is Miracle. For me, um, I have never encountered um, domestic violence or domestic abuse, but I was um, very interested with this topic. And so what I did was I began to kind of research why and examine, you know, why a particular person would allow themselves to, um, you know, take on that abuse from someone as well as the, the the person that's giving the abuse, why would they allow themselves to get so angry that they have to either result in um, physically, you know, putting their hands on somebody or just trying to um, take control pretty much, you know. Um, but before I really get into it, I wanted to um, say that domestic violence and domestic abuse is very, very similar. Um, However, it's two different things. And um, they both have the same goal in mind. Again, it's when one is really trying to uh, be the dominant or be the one who is trying to take control over the other party or parties, I should say. Um, But domestic abuse is when um, it said one person is in an intimate relationship or marriage tries to dominate and control the other person using psychological methods. And then domestic violence is when one person in an intimate relationship or marriage tries to dominate and control the other person using uh, violent methods, such as, you know, putting their hands on them or, you know, hitting them with an object or, you know, things of that nature. But um, if you think, you know, you know someone or have someone that is experienced either the abuse or the violence, um, I have the national hotline number, and that is 1-800-799-7233. Once again, it's 1-800-799-7233. And back to uh, the abuse and the violence, um, this can happen, honestly, to anybody. You right. know, it's it's not just one you know, it's happening to those who are weak-minded or, um, you know, strong-minded or, you know, to the poor. It can happen to someone who's rich or wealthy. It's not happening to young. It's also happening to, you know, oh, it, it can happen to anybody and all um, types of people. Right. Um, but again, you know, if you know of anyone or if you think you're experiencing these This is what I want you to um, think about. Number one, I want you to start noticing and acknowledging the signs of the abusive relationship. 
And that's the very first step. You know, you I think we've talked about this um, in a previous uh, podcast about really taking the time to kind of give your own self-assessment. So with that, you have to assess your situation being in this particular relationship. Um, I think that's the very first step. And, you know, admitting that, you know, you're kind of in this either abusive relationship or this domestic violence relationship. That's step number one. And then once you do that, then you can kind of go from there. You can identify, you know, the, the steps or the goals to either, you know, get help for that particular person, the abuser, or, you know, if you are the person that's getting abused, you know, you can take the, the first steps in, in getting that assistance. But also, um, I wanted to let you all know that um, when you identify the signs in the relationship, um, you'll also begin to notice the, the, the pros, not the pros, I'm sorry, but the cons and the, the uh, results in, you know, dealing with this type of relationship, which one, it could be, you know, destroying your self-worth, um, it could also, this is a, a big one, lead to anxiety or depression, which is a, a big thing. And then it also makes the, the, the particular person feel like they're um, alone and, you know, worthless. right, definitely worthless, but helpless too. And nobody should experience that, you know, and also make up in your mind, you know, this is a choice. Everybody and everyone has choices you 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 don't have to choose to you know just sit there you know make up in your mind and, and make the decision that you're not going to put up with this you know don't compromise for anybody you know what i mean um but i'm also uh give you a a couple things to think about um because again once you acknowledge the uh reality of the situation again you know it's time to get help so I'm going to ask these questions, which, you know, could kind of, I guess, identify an abusive relationship. And um, the first one is, do you feel afraid of your partner most of, most of the time? Or do you avoid certain topics, you know, out of fear or um, the reaction? Right. The reaction that you'll receive from, from the partner. Um, also, do you feel that you can't do anything right for your partner? Um, do you believe that you deserve to be hurt or mistreated? Um, do you wonder if you're the one who's crazy? You know, is that that particular person always making it feel like, you know, it's your fault? Do you feel emotionally numb or helpless? Um, or does your partner humiliate or yell at you? Do they criticize you? Do they put you down? Do they treat you so bad that you're embarrassed, you know, for your friends or family to see it? And that's another thing. Um, also, you know, one of the things that I notice is that the abuser um, tends to kind of isolate, you know, the person that they're they're hurting because they they don't want them to be in a loving um, environment and feel that love. Because if they probably get that that you know, genuine love, they probably won't accept the fact that, you know, that abuser is doing what they're doing. But also, do your partner um, ignore or put your opinions or accomplishments, you know, do they ignore those? Or, you know, do they blame you for their own abusive behavior? You know, these are the things that you really want to look at. Um, also, um, do your partner have 
bad, like unpredict unpredictable temperaments. That's another one. Um, do they hurt you or threaten to kill you? Now, if they're doing that, you just need to to walk away, honestly, because no, you need to run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put put the shoes on and and because if they're saying these particular hurtful things, they're probably gonna act on them. You know what I mean? But um, does your partner threaten to take the kids away or harm them? And ladies or gentlemen or whomever, if there's children that are involved in these relationships, I highly suggest that you go your separate ways because um, I think, you know, when you display those particular um, things in front of your children, they grow up thinking that it's acceptable for that type of behavior. And, you know, you don't want your kids to uh, grow up thinking that, again, that it's acceptable um, because that will um, kind of sort of begin the, the family or I guess I could I should say the generational curse. You know, they're going to grow up thinking that it's OK for X, Y and Z or whomever to say certain things to them or belittle them and or and or hit them. And you don't want that because then when they have kids, you know, it's just a recurrent cycle and you, you don't want that. You know, the first priority should be getting yourself out of that and your children, you know, or um, if you know of anyone, you know, you should communicate, you know, that to the, the person that's, you know, taking on this abuse. But also, um, do your partner uh, threaten to commit suicide, you know, if they, if well, I guess if you leave them, that's one of the things that I hear um, is uh, a try, you know, for the, the abuser to, to come back with, you know, well, if you, you know, after doing whatever or saying whatever or hitting or whatever, um, if you leave me, you know, I'm just not the same without you. Well, at the end of the day, I'm just like, I'll be better off being by myself versus, you know, you continuing to treat me bad. I mean, right. if you're dealing with me, you're just going to be dead. Just honestly. And I'm, that wasn't our punk in that no, time. No, it wasn't. That's still a miracle. I mean, but at the end of the day, because it's just like, it's unacceptable. You know, it's, I, it's an option and it's a choice. And I just refuse to just be in those types of um, relationship. And that's just too much. It, it's bad enough. We got to deal with regular life on top of dealing with domestic abuse or domestic. I just, that's just something I am not going to accept. I'm not going to compromise. I'm now I'm going to have to take on your hat. I'm going to bust you in the head. I'm just. That's just to the white meat show before you try to, even if you raise your hand at me, if I even think that you thinking that you want to hit me, I am going to just bust you in the head. That's just how it is. But now the, the other flip side to that, and I'm, this is on punk and I'm not cutting my niece off. But I am the flip side is some of us grow up and I don't want to use the word weak but that's the only word I can think of now is the fact that we grow up looking for something right. that we did not get at home. Yeah, filling that, that void. Yeah. Right. And then we, a lot of times, we hook up and it's quiet as kept. Abuse can happen to men or right. to women. So we're looking for that love, that companion, that whatever. And in the process, you know, just like my niece said, we don't have to accept 
what people do to us uh-huh. is a choice. Yeah. But if you allow someone to get inside your mind, and one of our earlier podcasts we yeah. talked about that. Yeah. If you allow someone to get inside your mind, they will. You can be manipulated yeah. to right. do what they want you to do and believe what you want them That's to right. believe. Other ways of you know that I don't know if my niece was going to hit on it is sometimes we men and women uh-huh. get eco- economical abuse. Yeah, you're the one that's making all the money and you putting the yeah. woman down or the man down because you're the breadwinner. I do this, you won't have this. I control mm-hmm. this. Don't go out this house. Don't turn on the lights. Don't do that. That's abuse. Yeah. You know, another part is sexual abuse. Yeah. Where and again, I'm glad it you're could be saying that. man, it could be a man or be a woman being abused. Where the woman saying, you know, your equipment is not working the right way. I'm going to go out and find somebody else. That's abuse. If a woman Mm -hmm. is, a man can do that to a woman. You know, the reason I'm out in the street is because, you know, you going to get fat or you ain't this or you ain't that. That's abuse. Mm -hmm. And, And I hate to say this, but men, because I am the man, you will do what I tell you to do. And everything. I run you. I rule you. I'm your, and I hate this word, I'm your daddy. Boy, I please, go somewhere. Would. Go somewhere with that. But, I mean, today, <laughs> I saw an incident where the man, I mean, he hit, hit the, the stupid fool hit the door <laughs> against his face. And his whole <laughs> world got turned upside down. Yeah, it did. I mean, he... I you saw know, that part. He started cussing and and believe me. Now here's another thing. My niece said it earlier. It comes in all walks of life. It does. He Different was races. not. He yeah. was not Hispanic. He was not black and everything. I don't know what and he was. I know she had the little Muslim garb and stuff on. So I don't know where he was from, but he let her have it. And okay. And, and again, I didn't see that. That y'all. I I didn't see that part. I just saw when he hit himself with the door. But the thing of it is, and and I guess he would have been beating her, and I would have been busting him in the head with the bottle I had because I was waiting for him to. Now I saw that. Yeah, I think I would have kind of jumped in into, and that's another good question. Um, If you see someone who is either being verbally abused or physically abused, and this is in front of you, you you're you know witnessing this. If you're in that particular situation, would you interject or would you not? And see, that's kind of a hard question. Yeah. Now, me, most likely, I'm going coming out swinging. Yeah, but I think I've I would seen, too. I've seen the women turn and say, "Don't you know, jump right? Don't don't hit, don't hit my man, you know." And I've seen the men talk about, "No, that's my girl, you know. She just we just having some issues now." And everything, and I've also heard of people getting killed because they tried to right. Get that's how come, yeah, and that's a lot of re- the reason why law enforcement, when it comes down to domestic issues, one of the things my brother expressed to me as an officer is one of their major or the most dangerous calls that they get are domestic violence, right? Wow. Because 
in those situations, you're thinking that you're responding to a call of the actual victim. But when you get there, the victim now is saying, don't harass oh, wow. them or wow. don't hurt them. Right. And they'll do whatever it needs to be done to protect that person. Because mm-hmm. mentally, a lot of times when they're trying to protect that person, they'll take them to jail because they're thinking when that person get out of jail, they're going to whoop their behind. Wow. So that's what they're thinking you know, thinking about cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you know well I I I know but, for DC it's not that way. Um I wasn't gonna share this experience, but um me and the first marriage, uh there was an incident, I can't remember why we were arguing, but um he was standing at the end of the step and I don't know if I was at the top of the step or coming down, I can't remember, but I like I said, I can't remember the argument, but he rose his arm as, as if he was going to swing and I ran upstairs got my knife and I was getting ready to slice him and his friend was there at the time if it wasn't for him um grabbing me and interjecting I probably would have been in jail but I remember which I'm glad you brought it up because I forgot about this part I had at that particular time I was um like I'm not taking you know, this is some crap. I'm not dealing with this. And so I had went to um, file a, uh, was it a restraining, restraining order? order? Yeah, I think it was a restraining order and... Or a state order. Yeah, one, state one, order. one of the two, I can't remember what it was, um, but I had went and filed it and then um, weeks went by and, you know, we kind of squashed the beef or whatever and... Um, I didn't know that I needed to call them to state that, you know, we have reconciled. Well, D.C., and it, we, it wasn't, you know, near the court hearing or whatever. It, we still had some ways to go. But D.C., what they did was when um, they didn't hear from me, I guess it was like a questionnaire I had to complete or whatever. They immediately put a warrant out for his arrest. What? Yeah, because I remember shortly after that, months, a couple months down the road, um, he had gotten, I don't know what had happened, I don't know if he got pulled over or, or what encounter he was in, but it resulted in him getting arrested because of the uh, restraining order from months prior. And I was just like, wow. So I know D.C., they don't play. Let's see, another thing that a lot of the... Um different counties, states, or whatever are doing, if you put a stairway order and you say that you've been sexually abused, you can't drop it now. Oh, Because a lot of women and And that'll make you take action. Men are doing that. They are dropping the cases, not showing up and everything. And then a couple of months later, one of them wound up dead or in the emergency room critically ill, I mean critically hurt. So, I mean, not a lot of people don't understand that it's not good to holler and uh, what is the word holler? Um, uh, cry wolf, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, now they're making it so if you file it, you got to follow through with it. That's good, and make you take action that that make them take action, but it also holds. Everybody accountable. The whistleblowers that are lying accountable too. Yeah, just like recently with the NFL players, some female got caught and found out that she was lying. 
See, stuff yeah. like that. It's yeah. real situations going on. Yeah. Nobody has time to stay yeah. here for foolish you because you wanting to get up on the Jeffrey what attention yeah you want to move it on up by hurting somebody else it's gonna come back on you reap what you saw that is crazy that's true in my case i do know someone i know two people that were in abusive relationships Mm -hmm. one of them you know i'm not gonna say the names one of them was mentally abused Mm. and everything but at the same time of them being mentally abused the person isolated them away from their family. You know, yeah. now the person will fight them back, but after a while, that mental abuse got to the point where they t- it tired them out. It wore them down yeah. and everything. They're not together today. And, thank you know, God. you know, yes, thank God, because I ain't in jail. But anyway, uh, <laughs> and I mean, the they're not. One. The other one was another person and their abuser put them in the closet like they were a little child and shut the door and they stayed in that closet i mean i myself okay you already heard my niece i'm gonna tell you okay then you might get the upper hand right now now but you're gonna go to sleep or you gotta eat closet trying to plot you know (laughs) i mean now we're not telling you to kill nobody now let's get that straight i'm telling you what i will do okay don't yes. don't do that to me because I, you know mentally I'm not that person is yeah. mentally sane so I'm just going to say that and everything but another thing that we need to say if you are being abused if you are in an abusive relationship where you're male or female get out yeah or seek some type of help right you know it's a and, lot of resources out here and another thing and I don't know if this is the right thing to do but most abusers do not want you to seek help. Yep. So I advise you, my advice, and this is on Punkin, is not to tell that person right. what you're doing. Uh, or if those who know that, that, that person. person. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if they tell them, then you might be in more problems right. or situations. Right. The other thing is, stop making a plan. If you can't, you know, leave right there, make a plan. Mm-hmm. So every day, if you're, not, if you're in an economical abusive relationship where he won't give you money or she won't give you money, every day you go to the store, you ask the person to ring your groceries up, buy a little extra something. So buy two gallons of milk or, you know, something that won't be noticed on that receipt. And then take it back, oh, get the yeah, refund, that's a good idea. and then put that money away hide the money okay do that or i mean don't they have like shelters or housing they get they get that but if you in a situation where you can't get out immediately yeah Yeah. stop making stop making a plan that's if you got to go outside and start planting you some flowers outside and put your little plastic put your little notes in the plastic bag and come back and everything you know start making a plan on how to get out once you're out and I know this sounds horrible. Do not go to family yeah. or friends. Go to a shelter that is there to help you. Yeah. Because that shelter program. will help you escape. They're and they're not like, yeah. right. They're equipped to do it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Family and friends, you going to be out there trying to fight you know, and all that. Like, yeah. And sometimes it's like, you know, you're embarrassed, you know, um, and you just, sometimes it's just really hard to talk about experiences like this you know right and 
then like you said, you know, sometimes that family is just trying to get that information not to assist you or help you or to uplift you, but to, yeah, yeah, and you, that's something that, you know, you probably at that particular point, you just going to shut down and it's going to make the situation worse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. If you have children in that situation, like my niece Miracle was saying, what you need to do is if you go to work, they go to work, one day don't, you know, when they go to work, double back. Mm-hmm. Get your children out of school. And I'm going to tell you another resource, the schools. Yeah. If you oh, go to yeah. that school and you tell them you're being abused, you do not want your children to go back, it is against the law for yeah. them to send you back into that situation yeah. or yeah. send your children back in that situation. And get your children and go from the school directly to a shelter. Mm-hmm. If you already been making your little plans, getting your little getaway bag and everything, if you got to, get a suitcase, pack it, and take it to a neighbor's house that is not friends with your husband or yeah. girlfriend. Take it and put it somewhere. Or get you some, like I said, get a plastic bag, go out in the back, dig you a little hole. And put, put your stuff, in that hole. put it in there, and when it's time to go, you dig it up, and you escape. I mean, I've seen, you know, there was a movie by Tyler Perry where the mother told the girl, I can't think of the name of the movie, where she was going to marry this guy, and um, the mother told her, girl, you know, gone back to, he's a good man. Oh, you know, I can't uh, remember. Yeah, i seen that one. You know, he's a good man, you know, and everything. Because she was money hungry. Right. I mean, I understand that he may be a good man, but he's not a good man for you. Or she may be a good woman, but she's not a good woman for you. I mean, not everything is right for you just because you love that person with all your heart. Baby, they don't love you. Right. That's definitely not defined as love. No. I mean, if you was missing something growing up and everything... Continue missing it until okay. you find the right thing. That, again, go seek professional help, right. you know, yeah. to get that void filled. Right. I mean, you, you, shelters, I hear a lot of people say, I don't want to go to no shelter. You know, what would that look like? You know, at, it, this, at this point, it you looks can't like, worry about that. It looks like you are alive. That's what it looks like. It okay. looks like you're not dead. It looks yeah. like your eye yeah. is not hanging out the socket. Yeah. It looks like you're not wearing those sunshades. And your self-esteem is, right. is strong. You know, the sunshades. So what? He got a better job. He makes 100000 You work at McDonald's. So? Okay, then. Get over it. Yeah. I mean, life moves on. You ain't got to deal with that bull crap of... Uh, he makes the money and everything. Yes, he might make the money. And let, Okay, let me use me as an example. My other half made more money than I did because I had a downsize. Well, my job downsized. He was making more money. And yes, he got all up, all into his little, you know, I got this, I got that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, now I'm the one that's making more money. Yeah. And... It wasn't, to me, he didn't abuse me, but he let me know that he was, quote, unquote, the one that had the bacon. Yeah. Okay, now the bacon, bacon the bacon now is being fried in my frying pan, (laughs) and I'm the one that makes more money, and he's coming to me. Am I abusing him? Mm -hmm. No. If he ever hit me, I'm going to slice him down to the white meat. (laughs) 
I ain't got no, I, I don't have no cut cars. You're not going to do that to me. So as a female, and it, nothing, women, don't think you can really beat these men. If a man come yeah, at you the right, true. come at you the right way, right. he can knock your clock, ding yeah. your bell real quick, and everything. And yes, men, there are some women out there can they can rumble, okay? Yeah. But they can be their clock can be knocked too. Yeah. So I mean, it's a lot of things with this domestic violence that we as people don't want people to know. There's a lot of people living in mansions behind closed <laughs> oh, yeah. behind closed doors. They come out two or three days later and you ain't seen them in a mm-hmm. week because they had to get rid of the scars. And, and friends, I mean, if you sort of kind of suspect, you know, something is going on, you know, I would highly suggest that you just pull that friend to the side and just be very genuine and open with them just to kind of make sure that they're not in this particular situation that we're discussing. Because sometimes I find that um, those particular ones who are being abused, they really want someone to reach out. Right. And if they, and here's another thing. If they say to you, mind your business, mind your business. But if you hear that man tapping on that woman's behind or hear that woman tapping on that man's behind, you do 911. You can do it anonymously. Oh, yeah, you, you call 911 and tell them they're over there wrecking. The police has to have to come and have to look and make sure what's going on. And if they don't, that's a lawsuit if that somebody dies in that mm-hmm. household. So, I mean, if it can, and this is how abuse starts. With little mouth things. Mm-hmm. Oh, you fat. Okay, I'm fat. Okay, I can yeah, live with that. Like, thanks. You know, I'm but still my fat. <laughs> see, for me, see, for me, this topic is very, very serious for me. I'm not saying it's not serious for anyone else. This is King and Chanel talking. Coming from, coming from my vantage point, the way I look at it is, um, my whole life pretty much has been engulfed with domestic violence, starting from being a child growing up with um, uh, abuse, being abused in daycares, being abused or watching my my parents go through situations where my father was beating on my mother. And then she got married again, and then he was beating on her. And then that turned, in, and then that turned into he was... Uh, sexually abusing me for quite some time and I wasn't heard as a child then and then it turned into you know went into adulthood because as a teenager I didn't really have maybe one boyfriend that tried me yeah but even with that I broke up with him yeah because what I saw growing up I saw my mother and my aunts my mother and her sisters I saw them in situations where Men were fighting them, even yeah. locking them up in their own houses. And the first thing that was on my mind, I, I, I learned, I said to myself, I'm going to be so headstrong that I won't allow mm-hmm. those type of things to happen to me, not understanding how life goes and mm-hmm. that all types of things happen. And, and I didn't judge them. It was more so a thing of me from the outside looking in. Yeah. Having right. the experience of actually going through that because I was 
still a young girl witnessing these things um that I had made that decision to be headstrong so I I had to learn how to yeah. be strong and how to fight and be you know uh, uh learn how to protect my own self uh because of those things that I saw I was like I'm not going to let no one do this to me however yeah. you know life happened just as I right you know, which is true and I became ill I didn't experience you know domestic violence uh the physical abuse and yeah yeah all of my relationships it, it wasn't until I became ill in 2008 with a disease called ulcerative colitis that affected my digestive tract and <clears throat> it caused me to lose so much weight I had muscle atrophy all types of things going on and at the time I was married and I had no strength and no energy and there was no pickup with me to just get up and say okay I'm gonna go this person took that opportunity while I was yeah, late right. and physically abused verbally abused and then there's another thing too called spiritual abuse yeah because this person understood that i loved god i have a relationship with him what he would do was try to make say things in my head and say mm -hmm. oh well you're no good god's not hearing your prayers and and along with the beating and yeah and i was i had lost so much weight family was starting to say okay we need to yeah, make preparations for her uh because she's in a really bad place but even in those situations um or in that situation i should say uh i even reached out to family um wow. and some of the responses that i got was not oh we'll come here and yeah. we'll help you out and this and the third no it was, oh, well, I don't know what's wrong with him. See? Well, See? Well, why is he doing that? Well, what did you do? What's going on? And and then it, my, my story is so bizarre. I could go on and on for a long time about this domestic violence issue mm -hmm. or what have you, but... Like like Auntie said earlier, sometimes it's not always good to go to family, yep. especially when you're dealing with issues like that because families sometimes don't know how to handle those issues, right. especially if you're right. going to someone that used to be an abuser themselves and right. you're going to them. That's and like they the blind leading the blind. Well, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened because I've tried to pull away from when it got to a point where I called the cops. And the officer said to me, what are you doing? You got children in your room. He said, I can hear them. This guy done left. He done ran out the house. You better do something. You better make a decision quick because we wow. see these situations happen all the time. And that's exactly what I called myself doing. I made a phone, I made a phone call, called family. And they said, they came through, oh, we're going to help you out. And then that turned into a situation, which was another bad one. Me and my three children at the time, we ended up moving in with this family member. And them knowing what our our plight was, what the situation was, it didn't matter. They It turned out to be really bad. And they moved this person that I moved away from, moved them in. What the? They moved them in. Um, and it was partially to do with the fact that there was a another person that this person was married to 
an outside person what that did not world? care for myself or my siblings. So it was it wasn't looked at as oh she's in a safe place. Let's help her. Let's get her back up on mm-hmm. her feet. Let's help. It wasn't that we moved him in against her will, even though she expressed yeah. that she didn't, she was trying to break away and pull away from this person. But still, still, I had to learn. I had to put, I had to learn so hard the, the, the forgiveness. Yeah. I yeah. had to learn it because I'm, I'm talking to these people now. But what I do is I stay in the present yeah, when I'm talking yeah. to them. I try I try my best to stay in the present it's and so keep my emotions mm-hmm. in a place where, you know, hey, I'm enjoying this time because you're getting old. Right. And I have to, you know, seize the moment and seize what's more important. And that's right. the fact, you know, you're not going to always be here. Yeah. However, right. I won't put myself or I, I will say this. You won't be someone I turn to if I need help. Right. Right. Because you betrayed me when there was a situation where you clearly saw. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I will say this a lot of people take a, a dumb ear to people that are crying out for help. Mm-hmm. Either because True. they're not, they don't know, they're not aware of these type of things, mm-hmm. um, or they just don't care. They're right. too I selfish and into they just their don't own want life to. and don't yeah. want to. Yeah. And and you know, live in this delusional world like everything is okay and paint this picture that yep. it's cupcakes and roses over here. But really, yeah. and a lot of times people try to do it to save face. Even you know, uh, if you in a leadership position or what have you. You don't want people to know right. what you're dealing right. with or what right. have you. You sit on your hands and mm-hmm. how can you be an effective leader or in that role mm-hmm. when there's real situations going Out on here. and you're yep. going through a real situation, but you're not being transparent or mm-hmm. yet real. And you're walking around with a mask on portraying like it's something that is really not. That's um, and another aspect of... Um, abuse because there's so many different right there's so many avenues Uh, Mm -hmm. it's put it like this anytime a person wants to enforce their will upon yours yours, because all of us have a mind we have will and we have emotions and that makes up your soul but when someone comes in and try to disrupt yours when they got their own right but they come in and try to discombobulate yours then at that point, that is a form of abuse mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. And I will express, and I'm going to share this because I've been uh, sharing this in regarding an incident that recently happened with me uh, actually on April 27th this year, 2018. Um, not to go into all the details of the actual step-by-step process of it, but it turned out I... I uh, got in an uber ride and this situation opened my eyes up i was aware of human trafficking and kidnappings and things of that nature or what have you but it didn't affect me until it hit home like <laughs> always hit right. home and i got in an uber car on my way to a family function in dc it was late at night the, the car picked me up at 1029 from my home. 
Uh, I was supposed to leave from Maryland and going into D.C. It was about like a 20, 25 minute ride. Mm -hmm. And this I requested an Uber pool. And those of you around listening, our listeners, Uber pools are where you the initial rider that's requesting the ride with whatever ride sharing company you're using. But in this one, it was Uber. You can request that another rider can request a ride along mm-hmm. your route. So I was aware of that. And I'm also, I was also aware of this company because I had worked with them in their headquarters, especially when they first came into this DMV area. So I was aware of their protocols and things of that nature. When I uh, initially saw the driver's face or his, his picture, yeah, I, he's not an attract. He mid to late, uh, 60s white male uh, I'm a small woman but he didn't look like he was a small guy at all mm-hmm. um, so when I saw the picture I just said oh okay I overlooked that I felt something and then I saw he had paper tags on his car nah, I overlooked that and, you know and then when I opened the door we identified each other he said who he was his name and I told him my name he said okay and, okay we got I got in the car and usually with ride shares, uh, when there's one driver and one rider, usually, especially within, in the Uber community, the the rider normally sits in the right back seat and that's of normal. the vehicle. Uh-huh. That's normal. Um, in other situations like Lyft, their community, you give a fist bump and you can actually sit in the front front with that person. Know. Um, but Uber is more of a corporate situation. Well, long story short, we had a good rapport. We were talking. Talk, he was telling me about his experience with Uber and the problems he was having with the GPS. I was explain, explaining to him some of the issues that I had when I was in that uh, in his position. However, I told him that by now, two years later, GPS systems should be way more efficient. So... I kept my antennas up after that point. So he went to make a, he de- went because he got a request for an extra ride and he changed the route or the route changed. The whole time I wasn't able to hold him accountable because he did not have his phone in the mount on the dashboard. So he had it in the middle console and kept looking down. So I couldn't see in front of me what he was doing on his phone. Uh, nor did did I get the address of the other drop rider. I just oh. saw the name. It looked like an African name or something that he was going to. So I said, okay, I understand the nature of Uber Pool. Okay. So he told me he had to go that way because I questioned the route. I said, are you sure you're supposed to go this way? He said, oh, well, no, the route is taking me this way. Okay. The GPS is taking me this way. So we make a left turn. We pass the police we passed the police station, and then we are now proceeding up this road, um, this this one, it's a two-way road or what have you. He passes the uh, apartment complex, which was on our left, which was the last place of area of residence that you could go to. I said, sir, I think this is the turn that you need to make. He, he said, well, no, ma'am, we're going to just keep going. And I said, well... Uh, I don't think you can go any further. And then he went up a little bit, like a half of maybe a quarter of a block up. And there was a uh, hidden entrance 
to the apartment complex. He slowed down as if he was going to turn left in there and said, well, no, ma'am, we're going to, and, and at that moment, I said, sir, I don't, this is not a good idea. You can't do that because now we're on a rocky path. This is going into a dark place. And to be honest with you, I'm a woman by myself in mm-hmm. here. I'm afraid it's not wise for you to go up in there. Mm-hmm. I need you to turn the car around or make this left. He, well, no, ma'am, let's just keep going and see. I said, no, I, I need you to turn this vehicle around. I'm afraid. Don't take me up in this dark path. It's nothing. It was black and woods and just a rocky path. He decides he wants to keep driving. So at this point, I have my phone in my hand. I'm not dressed for this occasion. I'm dressed to go to a VIP party. I have a dress on and I have high high heel three inch boots on and a wallet. And that's it. I wasn't even thinking about what was about to happen to me. I had no clue what was about to happen. So then he's proceeding up. Now, real quick. He, the distance he took me up into this place was about three blocks up. Mm. So, But as he was driving through this process, after he passed that second entrance, I tried to make a phone call. I tried to call my boyfriend. The phone call dropped. I dialed 911. The phone call dropped. Then I go to try to open the door to let myself out. And I'm at the same time telling him, open the door. And I'm at sure, this point, yeah. I'm yelling. Because I said, you are going beyond the point mm-hmm. of open. This is no longer Uber. This man, the door was locked. I couldn't even open the door to let myself out. And I said, sir, what did you, I I, I didn't even say sir at this point. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Open the door, let me out. Ma'am, just be patient, be patient. This man takes me up into this dark cul-de-sac. I'm in a scene that looks like Chainsaw Massacre, (laughs) Freddy Krueger, okay? And I'm in this dark cul-de-sac and there's nothing surrounding us but now thick brushes of forest and woods and three driveways one driveway was blocked by a gate that took you further up that street but you, he would have had to get out the car yeah. and go up that yeah the, to our right was a private uh property and i could only see that because of the headlights that were mm-hmm. on and <clears throat> And what I saw was a like an old 1950s Chevy pickup truck, mm. red pickup truck, and it looked like a junkyard up in there. And that's why I thought of massacre. Right. And immediately, I'm, before he even put the car in park, because he's driving really slow, the thought came to my mind, Kenya, own this adversity or it's going to own you. And that's when I realized I had to take action. I didn't have no taser. I didn't have no pocket knife. I didn't have anything on me. But that's what I had to get. Uh, and and immediately when this man just because what I saw was this man now is imposing his will upon me mm-hmm. because I said I don't want you to take me up there, and he decided to take me up there anyway. Yep. So when he proceeded to put his car apart, yep. and you went whacking on this man so fast before he could get his hands off of that. Hey, look, you provided the violence. <laughs> right. Because 
one of the things that I understand, I have several family members that are in, close family members that are in law enforcement. And one of the things that they always would complain about, especially with situations where women are a victim, is the a lot of times the women will comply. Mm-hmm. And usually the person that is in a position where they're the stronger one or the one that right. has imposed their will on that person they're used to the person complying uh, or just giving in. But in my mindset and in the way I'm equipped, no. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I went crack them on that head and, um, and, and, and what ended up happening was I was fighting and going crazy and kicking and kicking them so bad. I kept screaming, open the door. What did you do? Open the door. Let me out. And he, I will. I will let you out. He pushed a button on his door, and all the doors unlocked. But you know what? That that saying where uh, we always say it: uh, crazy needs to meet crazy. Oh right? yeah. Oh, that changes the oh, whole situation. Concept. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, because I immediately and one one good thing my girl, a good girlfriend of mine said: humans are the only ones. To that ignore their instinct. Yeah, that's right. true. And I will say that when I got the in, I, I felt I got the instinct when I saw the picture on the phone and when I saw the paper tags, but I ignored it because I was focused on going to see my family and going to this party. You know, and I was always being away. I was excited about having a good time. I wasn't even thinking mm-hmm. the possibility that something could possibly happen to me. Yeah. yeah. And I knew at that time my daughters were out that night and all of that. So I was able to escape out that back right door and run into the woods. And while I did that, I was taking my boots off and watching him the whole time. This man drives up into the private property and not down. I'm thinking he's going to go to the police. I just got beat up by some female that I was trying. He didn't go to the police. And then the other thing is, and it, it... to to even drive even more awareness to it, I dealt with too much drama and issues with Uber and their headquarters regarding this issue, finding out through Huffington Post uh, reports, CNN reports, that and even the police uh, department and officers, uh, state uh, department people have all informed me that this is a growing issue yeah. with these ride-sharing companies and more and more people, are, and especially women, are coming forth saying they've been attacked yeah. or anything that has happened and, or, you know, attacked by an Uber driver or a Lyft driver. There's <laughs> a lot of stuff we don't know. Right. And this company, this company that I'm speaking of in particular, Uber, is a $700 billion. They're up there as far as their worth. you know they're big company and And it's still growing and what they've done according to some of these reports i've read is that they've been issuing out hush money so in situations where a person has been victimized they they handle the arbitration within a private court wow so they end up, everything ends up in their favor, and then they have lawyers and these people sign disclosure agreements. So the word has not been really getting out in regarding this type of problem. Yeah. And to be honest with you, when I looked at it, 
it I'm saying, wait a minute, it's no telling what could have happened right. had I sat there and trusted a stranger in a dark place to sit there and wait for him to look at his map. Yeah. When you could have sat and looked at your map in the goddamn on light. With oh yeah. But you decided you wanted to impose so this is my thing. In situations where you don't have no other recourse, it is okay to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. It is okay to to take action to defend yourself, especially if you feel like your life is in danger. Mm-hmm. And even law enforcement told me, honestly, can you? we don't know if you would have been alive to tell us this story or not. We don't know if what the outcome would have been. We don't know what his motives were. And it's a good thing that you knew how to defend yourself because we not, we're not sure how that would have panned out. And that's scary for me because I was thinking about how I was all on my phone at first and how yeah. I was comfortable and how so many times I'll be out and about in public and I'm just... To engulfed in the surroundings. That's another thing we need to just talk not about. Really paying attention yeah. to my surroundings. And like the officer said, they really rule against this ride sharing concept because it's not regulated. Wow. It's not regulated. They don't have anyone that oh, they that answer to. Yeah. The cab taxi cab commission, they are regulated and they have to answer to a hack officer, which is a police officer. Yeah. Especially in Alexandria, Virginia. Alexandria, Virginia. It is on lockdown. I know this firsthand. Their taxi cab commission, they, they, it's, it's tight. Yeah. Now, it's not saying that crime can't slip through the cracks, but it's less. But with these ride sharing pro- platforms, it's anything goes. And, and there's no one that you can connect to or call or what have. They, right. right now, they're protected by their digital laws because law enforcement and the state and all of them, they have to play catch up to this digital world. And that's what I'm finding. And if anyone has had a problem with an Uber or a ride sharing situation, my bet, your best bet, especially if it's a situation where uh, the, per, the driver actually attacked you, then definitely call law enforcement and deal with it in that way. But in my situation, I was able to protect myself and then go to uh, law enforcement and have that situation ironed out. However, I have to be an advocate and a voice, you know, for those people that are not aware of these things. Because people are getting in Ubers and riding around and not even thinking that something like that can happen to them until yeah. it happens. Until, right, and that's with anything. You know, a right. lot of people don't pay attention to certain things until it actually hit their doorsteps. Mm-hmm. You know, again, a lot of people engulfed in their phones and all this technology. And so, you know, I just think that, you know, again, until it hits the person's doorstep, that's when they'll begin to. Um, really pay attention to whatever you know issue at hand is going on but um it, that's crazy that's crazy and and ladies and and gentlemen and and babies boys and girls i really think that you know if you ever find yourself in any type of situation that is unsafe or um that you don't feel comfortable with in regards to 
you know, domestic violence or domestic abuse or any type of abuse at all, you need to speak up, speak out and, and get that, that assistance that you may need. So again, um, if you need the national hotline number, the number is 1-800-799-7233. Again, the national hotline number for domestic abuse and domestic violence is 1-800-799-7233. So as you may know, we are definitely running out of time. This was a, a, a broad um, and expanded topic that we spoke on. Um, and, and that is all the time that we are looking to have. But hold on, I'm talking, you, let me say this. A lot of times we involve our families. And let me say, if you're not planning on leaving, do not involve your family because that will create a problem, a very serious problem, because you'll be back with that man or woman laying up in bed, hee hee, ha ha, and your family is plotting on how to get rid of Right. Or you go into the family function and a fight breaks out because of what they on did. So I'm not saying don't leave, but a lot of times I'm saying not go to your family and friends. And like my my niece said, we have come to the close, and she's going to let you know, you know, how to get in contact with us. But again, that number is 800-799-7233. If you're getting popped, pop that number in your phone and use it. Call it. Definitely. And then um, I think what we should do, guys, is uh, from Kenya's um Last experience, I think our next topic should be owning your adversity. So please tune in. Um, next segment, again, we're going to be talking about owning your adversity. And we are just so thankful that you all tuned in with us. Again, we are on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And um, our email address is loveusasweare at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.